0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 223 of the Ask the Coach show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. It's Technique Tuesday, and today we'll be talking about the physical warm-up. This is an area where things have been changing, so make sure to listen closely. In the questions, we talk about when to change your rubber, how often you hit the table with your bat, receiving tactics for defenders, the receiving stance in general, and we answer the interesting question of whether long pimples hate spin. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Super Coach Alois Rosario
1: is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeffrey, and uh, yes, welcome, viewers. After a um, big long weekend for us, and Jeff, um, interesting shirt you've got on.
0: Yes, I oh, thank you. It is um, the Spin New York t-shirt. Um, oh. Ping-pong, 23rd Street Station,
1: Spin. Okay, interesting, Cause, because you visited there,
0: correct? I did visit there late last year, yes. Very interesting place. Um, yeah, uh, we need one in Australia. Someone uh, start a Spin Bar in Melbourne. That'd be awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> Indeed.
1: Um, how have you been? Yeah, good. Going well. Going well. Um, yeah, nice weekend. You know, ready for uh, ready for a big week here in uh, in table tennis.
0: Excellent. Well, um, let's get stuck into the um, previous pingsters' questions of the day. Uh, well, just the previous one actually. <laughs> so the last one was: What gets you frustrated on the table? Now, I can imagine uh, people giving a wide range of answers to this one, Alice. What did they say?
1: Yeah, they did, although quite a few uh, centered around the fact that, you know, if they don't play as well in a match as they do during their training. So Kim said, if you train on a movement and it works out perfectly, but in a match you won't succeed. Um, And Rory said, uh, when I don't play my game... um, Uh, Sammy said losing and not gaining forms playing badly when you know you can play better. So, uh, yeah. So a few people along those lines, um, Trevor said when my opponent hits a ripper serve and it clips the edge happens way too often to me. So yes, I can, I can imagine that would be frustrating Trevor. Um, and, um, Zane said losing points due to edge balls or net balls, which tends to happen a lot. And when I'm not concentrating, Um, he said usually happens when he's playing better players as well. It's, it's interesting. I think, um, you know, when you're playing better players, often they're playing with lower margins, uh, margin of error too. So, you know, sometimes they do um, seem like they're getting more nets and edges. Um, And, um said dirty rubber making the feel different and um we had one more down here oh yes daniel said the main one for me is when my opponents over celebrated they'll be shouting come on when we are five points into the first set so yeah
0: (laughs) that is funny and that reminds me of an Adam Bobro video, Alloys, where he does do a bit of excessive celebration. I might put a link to that in the show notes just for people to enjoy. Yes, uh,
1: yes. Uh, yes. I, I, a, I have a, seen
0: that. You have seen that video? Yeah. But that, a common theme there, Alloys, is that people get frustrated when they don't feel they play as well as they can. And I think that happens a lot because people put a lot of pressure on themselves in a match. And it is a little bit different to training, you know, in training, maybe the ball's coming where you expect it. So to translate that into a match situation is not easy and it can be frustrating.
1: Yeah, that's right. And, and also I think, you know, um, the other thing is tension and, and everyone gets a little bit nervous, a little bit edgy during um, a match situation compared to training. So you have to start to learn to Um, accept that and deal with it as well Um, understand that in a match situation you are going to start to feel a little bit more tense tense, um, a little bit more uptight so you need to find ways to uh, to deal with that to calm yourself down um, and then try to produce your best table tennis yeah it it can be really frustrating we all go through it we've all felt uh, felt that uh, feeling of you know I uh, should be beating this guy so easily and I'm just not playing well and etc. cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, it's a, it's a big area.
0: Certainly is. All right. Well, that moves us on to today's Ping Skillers question of the day, which is, who is your nemesis? So jump onto our Facebook page or onto our blog at PingSkills.com and answer the question, who is your nemesis? Love to hear from you. All right. Alloys that moves us on to this day in history. What happened on the sixteenth of February?
1: We have a couple of big, biggie birthdays today. Biggie birthdays. The great Zhang Ziyi. So, Ooh, yes. Zhang Ziyi, happy birthday! Happy birthday, Zhang Ziyi. Nineteen eighty-eight. He was born. Um, but also on the tennis side, one of the one of the all-time greats, John McEnroe, born in nineteen fifty-nine. You
0: cannot be serious. <laughs>
1: oh, you are a card, Jeffrey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, big birthdays. Um, yeah, well, let's see. Um, I don't think uh, John McEnroe is going to make a comeback, but can Zhang Ker make a comeback? Can he be, you know, a big part of the Worlds and the Olympics? Let's find out over the next few months.
1: Yeah, indeed. And, um, and also on... A note of retirements and coming back. Um, Janovey-Voldner played his last league match. So uh, so that was interesting to, to see you going down 3-1. Um, but, um, yeah, we will miss you, Janovey-Voldner. Indeed, yes.
0: And um, if people haven't seen it, I'll put a link in the show notes to his last league match just for prosperity, just have a little watch. Um, all right, Alloys. It is Technique Tuesday, and we want to talk about the physical warm-up. What do we need to know about the physical warm-up?
1: Yeah, so so things have changed a bit in with uh, the physical warm-up in the last five years or so. So previously, we used to focus a lot on our um, static stretching. So, you know, doing this, um, stretching here, stretching there, doing that sort of thing. Um, now the, the um, common thinking is that the warm up area needs to be about more dynamic movement so so rather than holding static stretches we're doing um, dynamic stretches so movement and just um, starting to mobilize the body so a lot of your your warming up now needs to be around that um, that movement you know so some twisting sideways some um, use uh, moving your legs so not just holding and stretching your uh, your hamstring and you know Holding those those fifteen to twenty second stretches. It's now about just getting the body moving. So a, a gentle warm up um, of jogging can really be good because that gets the whole body going, and then you can start to um, get more specific on uh, different areas of your body that you're going to use. You know, so so that sort of movement, so getting the um, getting the the shoulders, the uh, the triceps. Uh, the waist, all going um, they are really important uh, ways to get your your body ready. I mean, when you're when you're young, you know, if you're five to twelve, fourteen, sixteen, even, um, you don't often need too much uh, warming up, you know, because you're all, you're always active. But certainly, as we start to get older, that area is really important, and it's a it's a, a very neglected area of a training session too. So make sure that you just spend you know five minutes or so just starting to mobilize just starting to get the the muscles moving um and uh and you know getting a little bit more um a little bit warmer in your body the other the other area i I like to focus on with the warm-up is to use it as your time to start to prepare for your training session as well and this is this is um an area that you'll see the better players uh, do this very well. So during that warm-up time, they're starting to focus their mind more on their training session and starting to think about the session ahead of them. I think especially in a group situation, um, that can be important because often in a group situation, our warm-up is, you know, uh, you know just mucking around and, um, and haven't really got their head in the game. I find if you start to focus well during the warm-up, then... Um, When you get into your hitting, then the session becomes a lot more focused. So, yeah, have a think about that as well.
0: Excellent. Great summary of the warm-up there, Alois. Now, I'm not really – don't know the science behind it, but I do like this um, more mobilising your joints rather than the static stretching. To me, it actually feels better, and I I feel more ready to go once I've done that rather than just doing a static stretch or something, which, you know – kind of doesn't seem to, to fit as well. So obviously the science backs that up somehow. So um, that's good. Yeah. All, all righty. Let's get into the questions. First up, Spam20's jumped on again. Thank you, Spam. And he's asked um, a question using the Google q and app. He says, how often should I change my rubbers if I want good results from it? I don't need maximum power but when should I change it to keep a good level? I am using normal inverted rubbers.
1: Yeah, so as a as a complete guide, you know, 80 to 100 hours of play um, is is a guide for you to, uh, to change your rubber. The thing that I look for is, you know, if you rub your finger across the, the surface of the rubber there, if it's completely slippery, then you know it's definitely time to change. But the other thing is if you... Um, if you also have a look, and it's it's too difficult to show you here, but if you look at the rubber, you will start to see the pimple, um, which is on the back of the rubber, um, start to show through. So you can start to see the pimples um, and the wearing of the pimples there as well. So, um, yeah, so that's that's another sign for me that uh, that the rubber is wearing out. But as a guide has said, 100 hours um, is probably a good time of course, the better players who get their equipment for free change it much more regularly, but, you know, we don't need to. It's not that – it doesn't make that much difference.
0: Yeah, exactly. But once once the rubber wears out, you certainly do need to replace though, alloys, otherwise you're not going to be able to play the proper strokes.
1: Yeah, that's right. If, if, you, if your rubber's really slippery and you're trying to play your forehands and your stroke might be completely perfect, but – the ball's dropping off the, the rubber because the, the rubber doesn't have um, that little bit of grip, then you'll have to change your whole technique to get that ball on the table. So yeah, once it is worn out, definitely make sure you change the rubber. Um, otherwise your technique goes out the window.
0: Excellent. All right. Great question. Thank you, spam 20. Um Victor E has jumped on. He said, what are your thoughts about Jan Ove Waldner officially retiring from table tennis? For me, it's sad. And he could play a lot more matches if he could.
1: Yeah, I, I think he... I mean, he could, but, you know, he's definitely past his prime. Um, I think, you know, if he's, if he's playing some um, some ma- some matches in the um, master series and that sort of stuff is good. Um, we saw the last lot where he lost to uh, Jorgen and he just looked you know well past his prime. I think you know let's let's remember and we're, we're lucky we've got so much video of him now. We can just watch that over and over again. Waldner in his prime.
0: Certainly can. All right. next question is from Ilya who asks, when you trained full time, how often did you hit the table with your racket? He said, I'm currently having a streak. I've hit the table three times
1: in the last two weeks. Um, Yeah, not that often. I don't think I hit the table all that often. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I suppose it can happen when when you're coming in to push or when you're coming in and making that tight top spin off um, off the ball that's just off the end of the table. So, yeah, it can happen. Maybe it's just um, something that you're practising or the or the technique that you're practising, perhaps.
0: Yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I don't recall hitting the table a lot. Not very much, really. But, um, yeah, interesting. Hopefully the streak stops. Um, you know, they say things come in threes and you've hit it three times, so maybe now it's all over and you won't do it for a few years, Ilya. All right. Now, Sasha's question, Alois, is... When an attacker serves short, should a defender return short or does he have to return it long by default?
1: Yeah, so um, what Sasha noticed was that um, uh, Juicy Huk and those sort of guys tend to return the ball uh, long and sharp. Their defence is um, really good too. Um, And also, if they play it short then the attackers at that high level have got a lot of options. They can push the ball short or they can also flick really strongly. Um, so then the defenders um, aren't sure where they're going to be or where they're going to position themselves. So um, if they're playing long, then they then they know that that next, uh, next ball is going to come as an attacking ball and they can tend to step back away from the table and position themselves a little bit quicker. Or, at the club level, I think you know you've got to mix it up a lot. You, you can you can definitely return short because often at that club level, um, a player's flick isn't going to be as devastating, and it stops them from making a strong attack as well. So you've got to you've got to really explore for your opponent at the time and also your level. So definitely don't always push long, and definitely don't always push short mix it up a lot um, and see what works best against the opponent that you're playing. So if I was um, defending only and I was playing against a player who I knew didn't have a very strong attack, then I would play long, force them to attack, and I know that my defense is going to be able to overcome their attack. But if I was playing someone with a really strong attack, then I'm going to try and make it more difficult. I'm going to try and play some more shorter balls um, to stop them playing that stronger blasting shot at me. So, yeah, think about your opponent.
0: Very good. Uh, Thanks for the question, Sasha. Next up is Haroon, who asks, where should you stand when your opponent does his service? Close to the table or a bit further away? And then Maroon also wants a little bit of help with the smash as well, Alloys.
1: Yeah, so if you're um, a returning serve, the first thing you need to do is think about getting into your ready position. So get down nice and low in that crouch ready position, and then position yourself where you can just touch the table. If you can table, then you're going to be in a good position to, if they play it really short, to move in with one step here, here, or if they play a long serve, then you're also ready here and here to be able to return that uh, that longer ball. So just where you can touch the table is ideal. And the other thing is where do you position yourself laterally on the table? So if I'm a right-hander, um, I'm going to try and put my bat, position my bat on the middle line. So that way we can reach both ways. Don't make the mistake of positioning yourself with the middle line here, okay, because then our reach is way too long over there and not far enough over on the backhand side. So position yourself where that middle line is in line with your armpit or your bat there.
0: Excellent. Now um, Mar- uh, Haroon wants to know a bit about the smash too, alloys, and I find some people get confused or, or mean different things when they talk about the smash. When, when we refer to the smash, we kind of mean a ball that's kind of up shoulder height something that's quite high. If it's lower and people are hitting it hard, we refer to that as the top spin. So what, what are just a few quick tips on the smash, Alice, if the ball gets up quite high around shoulder height?
1: Yep. So if you're smashing, Haroon, then um, you need to uh, position yourself where the ball is going to come down and be in your hitting zone um, at that place. So if you're too close to the table and the ball's still way up in the air, and you're doing that, it's probably not ideal. And also then if you're too far back and the ball's already dropped and you're hitting the ball from too low, that's not ideal. So you want to position yourself at the table um, where the ball is going to drop and be at shoulder or head height. So that's the area that you want to make the smash from. Um, for a topspin, um, so again, it's similar. You, It's about where that ball is going to be at the at the top of the bounce. So that's the the distance that you want to be from the table. And then if you're talking about when your opponent is smashing, then you could also think about you need to go right back away from the table to lob the ball so that you're getting more time to see the ball, and similarly, that you're in a position to hit the ball from here or here um, to make your lob. So you don't want the ball dropping too low and you don't want the ball up around your ears when you're trying to lob because that makes it difficult. So your positioning is really determined by the flight of the ball and um, where that is and how high that is as well.
0: Excellent. All right, Haroon, hopefully that helps you out um, and gives you a guide about, you know, where you should position yourself. Next question is from Yap. And Yep says, does the long pimple rubber hate spin like the short pimple rubber? And if the long pimple rubber does a topspin stroke off a topspin, will it still have backspin?
1: Okay. So firstly, long pimple rubber loves spin. Okay. So the more spin you give it, the um, the more it likes it. So uh, short pimple rubber is different. Um, short pimple rubber, yeah. If the the, the heavy spin um, tends to tends to slide off a little bit, but the long pimple rubber they love spin. So so you don't really want to um, want to mess with too much spin when you're when you're playing against the long pimple rubber. Now um, let me read that last little bit again. So um, if the long pimple rubber does a top top spin stroke off a top spin, uh, will it still have back backspin? Yeah. So so they've put top spin on the ball. So if it hits my long pimples, it's going to tend to go back with backspin, all right? But uh, what uh, Yap's saying is what what happens if I brush up on the ball and do that? It'll still tend to have a bit of backspin on it, um, but it might be might slightly decrease the amount of backspin because often on the long pimple there isn't the friction, so it's not like you're gripping the ball and, and sending it back with topspin it's gripping the ball a little bit or slowing down the rotation slightly with the um, with the less friction that's on the pimple. So it'll still tend to have some backspin on it, but maybe not as much as if you just uh, blocked it or came down on the ball.
0: Yeah, and it'll be quite a difficult shot with the long pimples to try and go over the top of a, a heavy topspin ball. Um, yeah, so- it-
1: yeah, it, it's a very, very low margin for error type of stroke. So, yeah, it's a difficult stroke. It certainly can be done, but, um, yeah, it's a low margin for error stroke.
0: Yes. All right. Well, there you go. Interesting question. Now, uh, Victor E has asked one more question. He says, do you have a tip? He says, I have a problem against a strong attacker. He does a long and low backspin serve that goes just below the table. But when... Uh, but I can't get any power in that position. So he then either smashes or he does a forehand or backhand toss spin. So please help me out
1: here. Okay. Um, this is a, a good stroke that you need to learn. And I think we talked about this um, last week. So if that ball just drops down below the table level, what you need to be doing is you need to be brushing that ball up. So you need to get down nice and low and really spin that ball up so you're lifting it up over the edge of the table, and then up over the net as well. So the stroke becomes quite vertical um, and with with good brushing contact to generate that spin and lift. And we do have a video on that, and uh, we'll put that in the show notes again uh, for you to have a look at.
0: Excellent. All right, so check that out, Victor. Yeah, try and get a nice spinny top spin off that backspin serve, and that'll put all the pressure back on your opponent. All right, Alois. Well, that wraps up show 223. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening and asking questions. Keep them coming. We love answering your questions. Make sure you visit pingskills.com and sign up for our free newsletter if you haven't already. And lastly, thank you, Alois.
1: Thank you, Jeffrey. and we will see you all tomorrow morning. So uh, have a good day of table tennis, everyone, and... um, Get those questions into us. Bye. See you
0: everyone. Bye.